Over the years, AccessReal.com has interviewed actors, directors and producers from Australia and internationally. These are the people who make the movies we love. Find out what your favourite film folk have been up to by listening to the AccessReal.com interviews. Hi guys, Darren from AccessReal.com here. I just wanted to have a do a quick little introduction to this. It's no secret to friends of mine that I've been a fan of Corn going back 94, 95 uh, I've seen them every time they've come to Perth since, and uh, when this interview came through, I was championing the bit to talk to Brian. I got to speak with him for about a half an hour, but obviously the uh, the edited interview is only about 15 minutes. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff, but I wanted to keep it really relevant to the film and a little bit of fandom thrown in. Uh, for those that don't know, Head left the band in t- uh, 2005. Uh, he had a lot of issues going on, which you've seen the documentary that comes out. Uh, on May 15th and there's screenings happening across Australia and Head's even coming over to the East Coast to do some Q&A screenings. Uh, so you can definitely check him out if you're over there. Take a look at the documentary. It's a very raw and deep inside look into Head and his daughter. It's really a documentary about family and uh, with a nice little peppering of corn. So enjoy the interview and make sure you check it out. I have plenty of memories from when my dad was in corn. I love you, Daddy. Peekaboo. It changed my perspective on how I saw, like, love. Fielding Jonathan and Head from the band Corn. It's like the ultimate wave. Everything you could ever want. I was up there making the drinks, chopping lines, rolling joints. I'm a new person. I'm going to be a great dad. Today, get down, please. I'll just have a couple beers. I saw, like, naked chicks, like, walking around. He was a master at hiding it. I was just scared that I was going to screw up the kid like I was screwing up myself. Hey, Brian, how are you going? Good. How you doing, uh, Darren? I'm over here in, in Florida, United States. So uh, thanks for talking. Loud, crazy love. I I was devastated when you left the band back in 2005. Obviously, at the time there was a stack of rumors around why you left, and then you ended up doing some interviews and filling in filling in the blanks for a lot of the fans out there. But the crazy thing is, is um, you decided to basically turn a video camera on yourself during that period and start documenting your life and that of Janae, your daughter, as well. What made you decide to do that? Um, I actually had some some uh, entertainment people contact me, and they said that they were doing a reality TV show that um, MTV was funding, and they were getting ready to put it on. It was about spirituality. Yep. And they came to me, and they started... They asked if they could, that I could be on the show. And I said, sure. And then, so they filmed all this stuff. And I went to Israel and they filmed me going there and they filmed all this stuff, you know? And so what happened was the show didn't end up coming to fruition. So I ended up with the footage and I thought it would be cool to use it in some way later. And, uh, and so, yeah, I kept hold of it. And then I had all the, my home videos of Jenea when she was 
little and I was gone on tour so much that I filmed, you know, or I had my friends film things that were going on with her. So we had all these hours and hours and, and gigabytes of footage, you know? And so when we got this goat green light to do it, it was like, Hey guys, let me show you all the archives that I have, you know? You had a, Issues with addiction, with uh, meth addiction, etc. How's your life going? Like, how how are you today? So, the documentary and everything that was in it, as far as like the the drama and the hard times and the difficulties, and so that stuff is, even though life is hard, you know, a lot. Yeah. That uh, most of that stuff is behind me. You know, yeah. my daughter's right here with me in the other room, and um, she's she's doing them wonderful. We have great time we don't we don't argue you know we have some stressful days sometimes but it's like we're past all the things all the hard things you saw in the movie which is amazing yeah well that's that's really great to hear when you first talked to Janaya and said hey i've got all this footage i'm putting together a documentary what was her first response um well it was cool because me and her her mentor that works at her at the boarding school that she's been yeah. for years you know we got together and we were like okay um this is the opportunity and i want janae involved and she's and she was like okay well let me talk to her and and then we can both talk to her and so we set it up to where we we submitted the plan to see if she wanted to be on board and her story helped other young people you know definitely and so yeah, and we told her that if she didn't like the footage, we didn't have to use it, that she would basically own it herself and be in charge of what to use and what not to use. So that was it. Yeah, I could definitely see that what, what Janae has put out there, well, what you and Janae have put out there is going to help a lot of people, um, especially with her age range as well. And so, yeah, I take my hats off to you and Janae for being really raw. And some of the footage you put in that you didn't have to put in, like Janae seeing her mum after a certain amount of years, you didn't need to put that in you wanted to tell a story and you achieved that. Yeah. And we wanted, we wanted to show that you can get really far gone, you know, and still bounce back. And that's why we left it in. And well, I've had people tell me it's, in, it's uncomfortable to watch at times, you know, where you're just like, well, that's, that's too much info, you know, right there. But, but it's it's all for a purpose to show that, you know, you can get past anything if you just keep walking, keep going through it and keep trusting, believing and forgiving. Well, obviously a massive part of you getting through your addiction and your life back on track had to do with finding God and spirituality. How is that for you and how did that help you moving forward? Um, it's it's really important to my life. It's number one for me and but it's I'm I'm very well balanced now because I I was really like, uh, what do you call it? Um, I was intense with it before, and I think I scared a lot of people away rather than make them want to hear about it, you know. Yeah. And so I was, I was kind of, kind of like a, a Jesus fanatic, you know. Yeah. And uh, so now I'm like more. Um, I'm, I have a lot more peace. I love to contemplate and meditate, and uh, it's all Christ-based, you know. But um, but I'm very, I'm less intense with it from the outside, you know. But inside, it's 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 everything to me still. In the documentary, the other guys from Corn feature in it as well. I did laugh when you, the interview bit with Jonathan 
his reaction to when you left the band and Christianity and religion in general. Is that what Jonathan's like? Is he very, is he always that blunt and honest and, well, yeah, with how he talks? And Yeah, he was just that way uh, earlier in our production office. I'm, I'm with the band right now in Florida because we have a show tomorrow. Okay. And uh, I forget what he said, but he just said some things like the video and just starts laughing. And <laughs> he just says whatever comes to his mind. <laughs> <laughs> when you watched the first cut of um, Loud Crazy Love, what was it like for you to see that for the first time? Um, it was pretty crazy to see my life put together in such a professional manner in a, in a, in a documentary, you know. And, and I watched it in a... In a um, what do you call it? It's a it, it was a movie editing place yeah. in Dallas, Texas, and they uh, and they had a, like a mini movie auditorium thing, and they played it for me while I sat in some movie seats, and I was I was just blown away. I was it was actually two hours and fifteen minutes the first time I watched it, and uh, and so we had to trim a lot of the fat, and uh, so to speak. So, um, but it was. I was blown away, you know. I thought it was really a piece of art. And um, that was the first edit. And then once I started watching it more, I was like, okay, we need to take some of this stuff out. It's like, it's yeah. too long. Some of the story, it, it, was, it wasn't, there was too much of about me going back to corn and less about me and my daughter. And so we found some more footage and made the father-daughter story stand out more. Well, that's basically what the story is. It's a story about a father and daughter um, with a, with some corn peppered in on the side. Um, and that's that's what I think makes the documentary what it is, is that story with you and Janaya. I know you may have been asked this before, but obviously with everything you've gone through and obviously leaving corn in 2005, if you could go back to yourself and talk to yourself right at the cusp of before corn was breaking it, what would you what would you say to yourself? Was there any advice that you would give yourself back then? Oh, are you crazy? I'd I would sit there and give advice for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would just be like, you know, don't fall into the traps. You're going to fall into the traps, and you think you're not going to fall into the traps, but you're going to fall into every single trap out there. And I'm telling you this now because. You have to stop it now because you will. In 2012, I remember waking up one morning with a heap of text messages from friends going, you have to get online right now. Um, Hedge joined Corn on stage in Carolina. And the, and the video, really? You heard it over in Australia? Yeah. And, and well, yeah, all, with all my friends. And then they're like, there's a video of it. You have to get online and watch it. And I remember sitting there um, watching the video that I'm pretty sure you guys put up, playing back with the band that, that night what was it for you walking back on that stage with corn in front of that crowd it was surreal bro because you got to think i was gone for eight years and yeah. all, all i was playing all i was playing were clubs and i had like maybe one or two big shows a year if that and that was just luck because we got on festivals you know and so i played with corn and and i had like so many people like not care what I was doing. You know, I'd play empty rooms a lot. And so like playing with corn was just 
so huge to me. And it was just, I couldn't remember how big it was because it had been so long and I was drunk and yeah. on methamphetamine for like the last two years I was in the band, you know? So I, it was a blur. And then next thing you know, they asked me to play with them and I, and I played and I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. I was so nervous and I just, me and Fieldy were talking. He's like, you should come out the other side. And then he looks and I'm walking with the hit of the guitar over my head. And he's like, yeah. wow, look at this guy. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and it was just really dramatic and some people were in tears and like all the other bands that we're friends with were watching and they were just so excited. And so it was really surreal because a lot of people got emotional, you know, a lot of people that cared about corn got really emotional and, that's why I felt like it was a spiritual reuniting to not just, you know, uh, a band and brothers and stuff. It was more like something is happening, like a reconciling yeah. um, spiritual thing is taking place with a family, you know, that's what it felt like. And because uh, everybody was healthy then, you know, and it was just like, wow, you know, it left like it was such a mess before, you know. Yeah, so obviously moving forward with your own music with uh, Love and Death and you've had some books and obviously you're, you're back with Corn fully now and what's been happening with that sort of with your books and Love and Death? Are we going to see some Love and Death coming soon? Yes, we're wrapping up the, the record before summer, which okay. is amazing. We're gonna work. Yes, and uh, so and then, you know, a big year last year, our band went through a trip you know, Jonathan went through a tragedy, losing his, you know, his dev, and, and uh, we walked him, we walked with him through it, and uh, it was a really intense year, and so um, we're ready to just to come back, and Jonathan is, like, really, really doing good on this record, this new record we have. Well, that, was, so that was my next question, is, just, is there another it, record? <laughs> yeah, I think it's done now, and, and we're just mixing, or we have to get the mixes done and we have some finishing touches, you know, but For sure. we are uh, really excited just to come back with new, I mean, I, yeah, I'll, I'm excited for you to hear it and the fans to hear it, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. I, I can't wait to hear it. I have to ask because my corn loving friends will hate me if I don't. Do you have any idea when corn will be coming back to Australia? I know you guys headlined the download festival early last year. Um, but it was the, it was only one show. So do you have any idea when you're coming back down? Yeah, so we, we're talking about doing some type of a, a tour, you know, and we're just trying to check the options because everybody in the band absolutely loves Australia. And it's it's just about the uh, making it work financially, you know, oh, for and, sure, definitely. Um, and, and packaging like with a, another band and everything and the availability. So... We have new management since um, we just got them, I think, a few months before Download Australia last time. So okay, yep. it's, it's, it's constantly it's constantly on the um, in communication with our whole team about, you know, going back there and, and doing something and making it work and very impactful. So we don't have we don't have nothing firm yet, but we're we're continuing to talk about it. So hopefully, you know, it won't be. Hopefully next year, yeah, or at least the one after for sure. 
I'm so happy that you and Janae are in a great place and the documentary is out there and it's coming out 15th of May here in Australia. So um, I hope it goes super well. And I, Head, thanks for chatting to me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I totally love talking to you, man. Um, Brian, thanks again and good luck with the show with the boys tomorrow. Hey, thanks, bro. We're playing with uh, some cool bands, so it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. No worries. Thanks, Brian. Have a good night. Addiction mate. to meth, methamphetamine. All of the other kids had their mom and dad come to Mother's Day or Father's Day. I couldn't stop being bad to my body. I couldn't stop these addictions. <laughs> I had become an animal. I just looked up and I just said, Father. I can't pray when I'm on drugs. Do anything you want to my life. How do I pay a phone bill? How can you change so suddenly? How do I know this is real? Like to be afraid. He's like, Janae, I'm quitting corn. I'm gonna stay home. And I'm like, wait, is that even allowed? I was devastated. God's telling me to do this, and God's telling me. I'm like, that was an act of love for himself and his daughter. But I immediately started making bad choices. He had been physical, punching holes in walls. She just couldn't connect with anybody. I assumed things were going to be different. People offered her drugs. I'm like, dang it. I got physical. I flipped tables. I can't control my rage. I'm stressed out. I just wanted someone to realize I'm hurting. She says, I cut myself because of you. And I said, I hate you. You're a whore. I gave up everything for you. My daddy was a rock and roll. Everybody that doesn't live their life like this, that's who's crazy. My daddy was a rock and roll. Yeah.